today I'd like to, uh, in honor of Mary, speak about the rosary and the importance and the power of the rosary to bring about conversion and salvation. And here's my rosary here. It's nothing special, nothing to write home about, but uh, my mother gave it to me years ago, and I, I pray it every day. So I'm a big proponent of the rosary, and I'm going to take today's homily to speak about that. St. Louis de Montfort is a saint who's uh, very well known as a devotee to Mary and to the Rosary. And he writes in his book, The Secret of the Rosary, uh, something very, pretty awesome. And here it is, I'll quote it for you. He says, if you say the Rosary faithfully until death, if you say the Rosary faithfully until death, I assure you that even if you are on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil, as sorcerers do, sooner or later, you will be converted and will amend your life and save your soul. So that the condition being devoted recitation, prayer of the rosary on a daily basis, every day. And uh, that he even says that if you have sold your soul to the devil, now, uh, it's not hyperbole. He's serious about that. And there's actually a story that I'm going to tell that uh, confirms what St. Louis de Montfort said. About 150 years after St. Louis de Montfort, in the first half of the 19th century, going into the second half of the 19th century, uh, there was an Italian man by the name of Bartolo Longo. He was born into a pretty devout uh, Catholic family, but when he was 10, his dad died, and some other things happened, and he kind of drifted away from uh, the Catholic faith. When he was 20, he went to the University of Naples to study law. And at that time in Italy, there was a very strong uh, nationalist movement for, you know, one of the things they wanted, of course, they wanted to unify Italy. But uh, part of that was uh, there was actually a very strong anti-Catholicism and anti, they were very much against the Pope. The Pope was seen as kind of um, getting in the way of their uh, political um, goals. And also, strangely enough, at that time in Italy, and actually in Europe in general, and even in America, I'd say, uh, occultism and spiritualism and Satanism were quite strong, quite, quite widespread. And so the students at Naples uh, University uh, would uh, protest in public against the Pope, and then in their private lives they'd hold seances and they would be involved in all these sort of satanic things. And uh, Bartolo Longo got involved in all of that pretty deeply. He tried to persuade people away from the Catholic Church. He set himself up as really an enemy of the Church. And he got involved in the occult pretty deeply. In fact, he got so wrapped up into it that he was actually at one point ordained um, basically a satanic priest. And a part of the ordination rite was uh, that he literally sold his soul to the devil. Literally. It's not a hyperbole or an exaggeration. And part of that whole pact is... Uh, you know, the devil gave him this kind of a, a, a spirit guardian uh, that would speak to him and kind of give him knowledge that he, he wouldn't naturally have. And so he thought, you know, he had, at first he thought he had found all life's answers. He thought the occult was, you know, this kind of uh, secret insight into the universe. And so that's what, you know, he was deluded. Uh, after a while, he started to realize that the things the spirit guide was telling him were contradicting the things that other spirit guides of other priests in his sect were, were telling them. <laughs> so he realized that the, they weren't speaking consistently with each other. Uh, and then more than that, he became uh, very depressed. And this is common for people who, who, who uh, dabble in the occult. 
is usually they start to have psychological problems and their health starts to fail them. And so that was true for Bartolo. He was only in his 20s. And it was his health became so bad he felt like he was on the verge of some kind of major crisis. And eventually he had a mental breakdown. And that mental breakdown caused him to turn back to the church, thank God. He got help by a Dominican priest uh, by the name of Alberto, uh, Friar Alberto. And um, so he was reconciled to the church. He made a confession. He made a good confession. And he was back on the straight and narrow, basically, from, when, from his childhood uh, days. And things were good in that regard. His sins were forgiven. But for those who expose themselves to very serious sin, oftentimes there's temporal effects temporal effects of those sins, they continue on even though your sins are forgiven. Still, there's kind of like, uh, you know, like a monkey on your back and you can't shake it sometimes. Uh, and that was true for him. So he, de- he dealt with very serious depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, these sorts of things. And this went on for years and he really didn't know how to like cure himself of this. He kept being devout and going to confession and so forth and so on, but he just had this kind of dark cloud all over his mind. And, um, one day he was out near um, uh, Pompeii, and this was before the city of Pompeii was very well developed. It was just a kind of an ancient ruins with a small village by there, and there was a church there. And he was walking by the church, and uh, I'll read you from his own writings here. He says, as I pondered over my condition, I experienced a deep sense of despair. Then I heard in my ear the voice of Friar Alberto, that's the priest that had been helping him, If you seek salvation, promulgate the rosary. This is Mary's own promise. Then uh, Bartolo goes on. These words illumined my soul. I then prostrated myself, and my eyes filled with tears. I lifted my hands to the Virgin and cried, If it be true that whoever spreads the rosary will be saved, I will be saved because I shall not depart from Pompeii without having spread your devotion. So this great courage and confidence suddenly filled his soul. And at that moment, he heard the Angelus bell ring. And his depression and darkness just wafted away from him. And he took that as a divine confirmation uh, of his resolution to spread the rosary. And so he started a confraternity of the rosary. He started sponsoring festivals. With the help of a wealthy woman in town, uh, he refurbished a dilapidated church and they rededicated it to Our Mary, uh, to Our Lady of the Rosary. And then actually there's a lot that goes on. i, I got to abbreviate it all. But it, a miracle started happening in this church and it became a great uh, site of pilgrimage. So huge numbers of people were flocking there with the help of the bishop and then eventually the Pope got involved. They had to rebuild the church and they, they rededicated it as a basilica. It was a huge building and uh, to accommodate all the pilgrims that were coming there because of the miracles that were happening. And he did this. He went on, this was in his 30s, and he lived on into his 80s. And so, actually, the modern city of Pompeii really stems from Bartolo Longo and all the pilgrims uh, that were flocking to the church. And it's, you know, uh, it's still there to this day. It's a great pilgrimage site to this day. And John Paul II uh, named him a blessed. He's not canonized yet, but they, he named him a blessed in 1980. Well, what do we learn from this story? We learn, first and foremost, the power of the rosary. Now, um, uh, the rosary, you know, our own conversion and salvation, it's not really within our control. God's grace is necessary 
to come into our life, to unlock our will, and then to confirm and to strengthen and to, and to uh, push and move along our will in the right direction. Uh, so we need grace in our life, and the rosary is an incredible uh, conduit of grace for our conversion and for our salvation. Uh, that's true because it's a dedication to Mary, the devotion to Mary, who's the greatest saint ever. Of all the saints, she's the greatest. Why? All the saints have received their sainthood through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. But Mary, through her free cooperation with God, brought about the incarnation. She brought about the incarnation. She became a cause, a real cause of all the salvation of everyone in our sanctification. And so Mary is in a category all by herself. Secondly, the rosary contains within itself the entire Christian religion. Because it's not just about saying prayers, it's about meditating upon the principal mysteries of the gospel. And uh, Mary, we hear today in our gospel reading, Mary, with the events surrounding Christmas, Mary held all these things in her heart and she thought about them. Mary is the great meditator on the mysteries of the gospel. And to this day, she continues to help us meditate on the mysteries of the gospel when we pray the rosary with her, along with her, in honor of her. We're there meditating on the mysteries along with her. Now, a lot of people find it difficult, I find it difficult, to keep my mind fixed on the mysteries. So in the back, on the two tables there, uh, in the back, I've set some printouts. One, there's a printout on how to pray the rosary. Okay, if you don't know how to do that, there's some sheets back there that teach you how to do that. Secondly, there's a printout on how, uh, a short method by uh, St. Louis de Montfort that helps us continue to um, concentrate on the, on the mysteries. And you guys can examine those um, at your leisure back there. So, uh, in closing, my brothers and sisters, as we end our Christmas octave and begin our new year on this Feast of Mary, uh, let us turn to Mary as the cause of the Incarnation and entrust our own conversion and salvation to her by renewing our, our zeal for and devotion to the rosary.